Welcome to Clean Air for All by Yoohoo. It's a podcast from Yoohoo about creating a healthy home and life with good indoor air quality. Each month we will speak with experts and share helpful information and insights about anything and everything that concerns the air we breathe and how we can protect the health and safety of our homes and families while we stay indoors. From understanding indoor pollutants, the benefits of ventilation, the importance of continuous air quality monitoring to new technologies and more. Welcome to Clean Air for All with Yuhu. My name is Matthias Gelber. People call me the green man. I'm passionate about environmental issues, about our health, our homes, indoor air quality, air quality in general, and I'm really delighted to be here with you today hosting this show and having an incredible guest that will share loads and loads of knowledge with us. Let me introduce Michael. Michael Donhan is the co-founder and president of Repure, a leading supplier of best-in-class wellness technology solutions for residential applications available through professional installers. He has a degree majoring in kinesiology with a minor in nutrition, and he has worked in this field for such a long time really serving the industry. He is as well part of the International Wellbuilding Institute as an accredited professional and faculty member, and as well with Fitwell as an ambassador to increase awareness on these issues. He has done talks all over the world and uh, has an amazing profile in this industry. Michael, welcome to our show. Thank you, Matthias. It's great to be back. I really enjoyed being part of a session last year with you and really appreciate that you guys do this for the general public because it's really important to gain the education to create the healthiest environment for your families. So really appreciate you inviting me on again. Thank you so much. Yes. And uh, we had a great session last year and uh, we really try to get excellent experts on our shows and you're one of them. And this topic uh, for this month is really about smart and healthy homes, intelligent homes. Smart home technology has already started as a way to upgrade the running of our households with IoT, Internet of Things, devices, how we can operate them together, potentially without any human contact, Today, there are an estimated 175 million smart homes in the world, and the U.S. is expected to have 63 million connected homes by 2022. I have to acknowledge, Michael, I don't have a smart home yet. Uh, I am kind of thinking uh, maybe we as a family are not yet there. We are doing everything manually at this point in time. I have two young kids, but... I want to be enlightened today and potentially convinced to go for a smart home in the future. Maybe you can give us an introduction. What are the key components of a smart home and how can we get there? Why should we do it? Sure, Matthias. I certainly understand your position. So when we talk about smart home and this smart home has been around for decades, uh, the terminology started with home automation or connected home, smart home. They're all one and the same. But there, we can separate it into two factions. Number one is a do-it-yourself setup where a homeowner like ourselves here, we would pick up a Google device or an Amazon, we would install it ourselves and get to know how to build it out. The second way is there are a group of professionals called custom integrators 
they would come into a home and do everything, connect and automate, make sure everything works well, the network is strong. And primarily, they focus on a few core areas. Number one is security. So these are things like cameras around your home, make sure you feel protected, uh, lighting outside to make sure that things are safe. A second bucket is uh, energy efficiency. And uh, your expertise lies in this area, but it's about conserving resources like energy and water and uh, knowing how much you're using. And energy also has to do with renewables and now home batteries to reduce the carbon footprint. So that's another bucket. The third one is entertainment. Everyone loves Mm -hmm. to enjoy movies at home. So uh, audio and home theater or audio and smart TVs. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have Netflix accounts there. So they're all connected uh, now in this way. And then the fourth bucket where what we're talking about today is health and wellness. And I believe it's one of the most impactful ways to create a smart home is not really smart unless it's contributing to your health. And that's the way we look at we should look at it. So these are the main, main quadrants of what a smart home constitutes. But it's tough to do it yourself if you don't know what you're doing. So those are the two different challenges. If it's suit yourself, you got to learn. There's a big learning curve and there's going to be a lot of trial and error. But if you go the professional route, you will have a plug and play system installed for you. Great. That's really helpful to get this introduction, Michael. And I realize now I have more components of a smart home than I thought I would have. You know, the security camera, the the Netflix account, the connected TV, There are those components there. And today I saw my friend on Facebook, a fellow speaker who just moved back to Sweden. He lives on an island and he was sharing how he was, you know, connecting all the devices in his island home with a better (laughs) Wi-Fi and and talking (laughs) to these devices. So it's maybe closer than I thought it is, especially if you looked at holistically. Now, if somebody wants to do it themselves, do they have to spend a lot of hours on the internet uh, watching YouTube videos on how to set all of these things up? There's been a lot of advances in connected uh, device technology, Matthias. So you don't really have to do that so much anymore. It's more about setting it up. And it's so easy to set up these days, with, especially with your smartphone. And it's really about just interacting with it and you learn through that interaction. Of course, there are a lot of videos out there. If you want to do a deeper dive and get into it faster, that's another way to do it, as you mentioned. But you can just learn as you as you start using it. That's kind of how where we're at today with smart home. Yeah. And the professional who comes into your home and can do it all for you, that's, I guess, a new profession that we already have in developed countries. I am not sure how many of these people would exist in the Philippines, especially in a smaller town like uh, the place where I live, which is San Pablo City. It's two hours away from Metro Manila. But this is an opportunity, a new business opportunity for people, even in, in emerging countries, right, to help people with all of that smart home setup. And it might be a big opportunity for people in the Philippines with the business process outsourcing, maybe the remote installation of a smart home system. So when did this profession start to emerge that people actually offer that as a full-time service? Oh, professional installation has been Mm. around a long, long time, like 80s, 90s, it continued Mm. to grow. And specifically in the US, there's over 20,000 of these custom integrators. And so the difference between do-it-yourself is 
there's so many disparate products. You have Google, mm. Amazon, you have Apple. So people kind of have to choose one. But mm. what the custom integrator has been doing for decades is put everything onto one platform. So you have one system, one uh, smartphone app, one keypad that has everything connected to it. That's the benefit of a custom integrator. If you do it the other way, you kind of have to choose one of these ecosystems. But in the near future, the industry is trying to create interoperability where an Apple device will talk to an Amazon and a Google and it'll all work under one system. But we're still a minimum couple of years away. They say that's what the experts say. Excellent. Excellent. That is uh, very enlightening. So now looking at the smart home setup for the health and wellness which is what we are focused on, what are the key components that belong to such a setup that you would consider a must-have? Okay, so when it comes to wellness technology and creating a smart home that is healthy, the two main, I would say there are two to three main drivers right now in the market. Air quality is by far number one, especially what we've been through the last couple of years with COVID. And then we have water quality and then we have human circadian or human centric or circadian lighting. That's lighting that changes the temperature and mimics the sun, temperature of the sun. So it adheres to our circadian rhythm throughout the day so that we can get better sleep and operate with more energy throughout the day. So air, water and light are the top three. Uh, but there are several others like uh, biophilic design, electromagnetic frequency mitigation. There's like uh, soundscaping, sandscaping. There's so many aspects of wellness. But right now, the industry, the, uh, the air, water and light are the three biggest. Wow, that's again enlightening. I mean, I have done a little bit of that ad hoc and... Uh kind of separate from the big system thinking, like when my baby daughter was born, besides getting myself a Yahoo device for air quality monitoring, I got myself a device to try and eliminate electromagnetic fields. Whether yeah. that device actually worked or not, I'm not sure, but my wife was connected to a company that was offering it. I thought, whoa, this is quite expensive for this like... Uh, round thing here which is supposed to be doing magic but we got that and one or two other things and and i even tried to monitor you know do we have electromagnetic fields in there but as you're sharing it those are actually a wide range of very interesting topics that all in themselves are a science of a diversity of tools and technologies that right. uh, people can apply so amazing on that topic what is your experience with electromagnetic uh, radiation in the home and, and how to track it and how to eliminate it? So electromagnetic fields, we've been educating ourselves for the past couple of years. But if you have high voltage lines coming into your home, mm. there's definitely EMF coming out of the wall. So one thing that I always try to educate consumers or homeowners about is you never want to put your bed close to an outlet or along the lines where you know the power is running because you're going to get some of that uh, exposure while you're sleeping eight hours a day, seven, hopefully eight hours people are getting. So, but now uh, we've been experimenting with graphene. It's a certain type of paint where it blocks the EMFs 
from reaching mm-hmm. the interior spaces. So there's a lot of innovation happening right now that's amazing. But a lot of these things, Matthias, like you said, you have a reader you're trying to track. And this is mm-hmm. why things like the OO device are so critical because if you don't know what the levels are in your home, there's no way that you know you're exposed to things that can harm your health. And when you don't know, you just like live your life. But then later on down the road, something can pop up, right? A chronic yeah. disease or a acute disease. So what, what wellness technologies aim is to monitor, ensure people know what their environment is, uh, how it's affecting them. And if there's any negative impact, now the homeowner is attains the insight to be able to do something about it, right? Yeah. Actually, very interestingly, from my own observation here, we used to live in a city center and we had air quality problems because of open burning in the neighborhood, believe it or not. I mean, this this is still happening in the Philippines and a lot of traffic. And the data that I got during the pandemic, when all the traffic was was coming to a standstill, <laughs> wow, the air quality was so much better, especially PM25. But now we are living on the outskirts of the city in like a gated community. Air quality is beautiful, brilliant. No more noise pollution beside the dogs barking at certain times of the day in the neighborhood. But we have water that is absolutely unacceptable, even though I haven't yet monitored the water quality, but you can see it. And other neighbors have complained and have said, wow, this place has real problems with water quality. So suddenly things have completely changed. And some of it you can actually detect with your eyes or you feel it on your skin. Yeah. And other things you can only detect with devices. So now we are facing that problem here in the new location. What's your recommendation on tackling the water aspect? I mean, the top one, I agree, air quality. We'll get to that later, maybe in the second part of our session uh, that will be happening in two weeks. But now on the waterfront, I have that problem here in my yeah. home. And yeah. uh, we haven't actually given the water to an official analysis. But what should we do to tackle this problem with smart devices? So water uh, monitoring is a little behind air monitoring. As you know, with the OO device, nine sensors, you can get a wide range of what the air, what kind comprises the air we breathe in. But for water, we don't have any real-time devices that can track everything from E. coli or bacteria all the way to things like lead, microplastics, things like heavy metals that can really harm us when we ingest them. Mm. But there is a real-time TDS meter now on the market. Uh, It's called the total dissolved solid meter, and that tracks the amount of solids in the water. So whether it's lead, minerals, they can't drill down to that level. Hmm. But if you're below 100 TDS, below 50 even better, the benchmark is that you have good water quality. When you get into the hundreds, it's like, oh, that water quality is not good because it has so many dissolved solids in there. And a fraction or percentage of that is going to be stuff that's harmful for your health. So now we have it on a faucet where it checks the TDS level before it hits the filter. And Mm. then after it goes through the filter, it shows the TDS. So when you're actually getting the water to drink or to cook, you can actually see that the filter is doing its job. And that's this type of stuff where smart technology can give extra peace of mind to the homeowner because you have that visibility. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in that meter. <laughs> I, I maybe after the show you can let me know where where sure. I can get it because uh, yeah. 
it's funny. We have just moved in here and uh, I was going to the basketball court and speaking with some neighbors and they said, oh, yeah, that's the only big problem we have for your water. Everybody is complaining about it. And the guys who are running this place are kind of hiding and not doing anything. But we have no data. We have yeah. no real evidence. But you can see it with your eyes and yeah. you can feel it. So uh, right. getting quantified evidence, at least of dissolved solids. And, you know, if I put the water here in a bucket and let it stand for a while, you can actually see the dissolved solids on the bottom of the bucket. It's sure. that bad. Yeah. It's that serious. <laughs> And imagine so, that's going into your body and what that's yeah. doing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we definitely, we buy separate mineral water, which you do here in the Philippines anyway, in recyclable big five liter, 10 liter containers. Yeah. But in Germany, where I grew up, you know, you would be drinking the water from the faucet. Yeah. If you haven't yet been convinced by the mineral water bottle industry yeah. that it's safer to drink their bottled water, which might not always be best for the environment. I mean, perfect yeah. would be if with a good filtration system, we can use the supplied water and we yeah. don't generate any waste. We don't have right. lorries and trucks driving right. around to transport the mineral water. So I, I'm a fan of turning the home water into a yeah. good water. So when it comes right. to filtration, what's your recommendation on that? I mean, here in the Philippines, you can get simple filtration systems yeah. from an online shop for close to nothing, which is what my wife bought first. Yeah. You just screw them on. There are a couple yeah. of stones in there that yeah. are supposedly picking up the solids. Yeah. I'm not so sure whether it really works. But So, Matthias, yeah. uh, there's many grades of filtration, and any filtration is better than no filtration because it's going to catch something. But you have something from particle filtration, which catches a certain size down to a certain size. You have ultrafiltration, nanofiltration. So the higher grade you go or the more efficient the filter is, you're going to remove more contaminants toxins that you don't want coming into your body. But I recommend for drinking and cooking reverse osmosis because that's the highest form of filtration, which we call purification. So when it goes through a reverse osmosis membrane, it's actually pure water. Whereas all water filters that are lower grade than that, you're just filtering some or most of it, more of it, but you're not getting everything. And uh, just a, a newsflash from uh, last uh, back in March. So two months ago, they just issued a report or a study for the first time ever that eight out of 10, so 80% of blood samples taken for the very first time, they found microplastics in the blood. This is 80% of all samples that they did. Wow. And the major source of these microplastics are both tap water and bottled water. So wow. now people buy bottled water because they don't trust tap water. But now through these studies, they're showing that even the plastics are leaching into the water. There's many factors, obviously time and temperature, but how do you know that water was kept in a cool, dry space until it got to you, right? And the other secret that I want to share with the audience is a lot of bottled water is filtered water. They take tap water and they mm -hmm. filter it and they charge a huge premium. And like you said, it's bad for the environment. So the best thing you can do for your health and the environment is to get a high performing water purification system. And you never have to buy bottled water and you have everything in your control to protect your health and contribute to the environment. Yeah, I fully agree with you, Michael. In terms of dollar and cents, if you want to get reverse osmosis system for your home, I mean, what kind of investment are we talking about? 
correct me if I'm wrong, the reverse osmosis is, for example, Singapore, they, they recover all of their water, right, from the sewage and stuff like that and turn it back into drinking water. Yeah. And they use reverse osmosis, correct, to get yeah. rid of, of anything that shouldn't be there. You're right. But what happens is a lot of the times the water treatment plant will provide water reports and it could be good at the treatment plant, but it has to travel through pipe infrastructure to your home. Mm. And it's the pipe that's the issue because you don't know what's in that pipe, how old it is. If you look at Flint, Michigan, they had lead and mm. they changed the formula of the water treatment. So the water started pulling the lead into the water. That's why the cancer rate skyrocketed in Flint. Mm. And then they had to like give bottled water to everybody because it was dangerous to consume the tap water. You can't just be, oh, my water's good because the treatment plant sent out a report and they did the water test and it's good. You have to actually do the water test at your tap. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Let's... Okay, we can yeah, move on. Yeah, the cost, the cost. <laughs> yeah. Or we can do that next, next. We okay. can do that in our okay. next session. <laughs> then everybody that has listened now has a good reason yeah. to listen in in two weeks again. Yeah. We will reveal the cost of an yeah. excellent reverse osmosis water sure. system, our next session. Tune in for that. Thanks, Michael. This was very enlightening. I'm looking forward to clarifying this question on the cost of the water system and then deep diving into the health and wellness air quality aspect related smart home system. What are the components of that? So see you again in two weeks time, everyone. And thanks, Michael. Uh, it's great to be with you and looking forward to sharing more insights into uh, real world applications of how you can make your home as healthy as possible.